0: Welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Alice and Gina,
1: a podcast sparking discussion on all things health, mindset, fitness, goals, and motivation.
0: We strive to help you to boost your confidence, to take the lead in your own life, to back yourself, and to step into your full potential. Body and Beyond is proudly sponsored by The Seed Cycle. The Seed Cycle is a beautiful female-founded Australian company Seed cycling is a natural methodology that you can use to support your menstruation and your ovulation, and it can even be used to support your hormones through perimenopause and menopause. If you'd like 50% off your first month subscription, use the code Body and Beyond at the Seed Cycle website, www.theseedcycle.com.au. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast. Today, we have the incredible Christiana back joining us to talk all things perimenopause. Thanks for being with us today, Christiana. Thanks for having me, girls. Excited to be back.
1: Yes, we love having you on the podcast. Yeah, I love being on it. (laughs) I'm excited for this topic because I feel like, Christiana, you just said before that there's a bit of hype around this, but really, it's funny because I feel like, and maybe this is just because of my age currently. I feel like I have clients going through this who struggle to find support and information around it. So that's kind of what sparked me to do this topic.
2: Mm. And I know that you are the perfect person for it. So, well, I do love hormones. You know that I love the gut. I love the hormones. I love the body. And I think the female body is incredible. So Mm, it absolutely is. Yes. So, do you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Yeah. So let's kick it off with what is perimenopause? Okay, so perimenopause is the stage basically before you actually go through menopause. And menopause is considered once you have a seizing of your period and for a 12-month period. So perimenopause is basically could go for 10 to 15 years for some. And I know that sounds really daunting and that's a really long time. For some people, it might just go for three, but it can start in your late 30s, early 40s, um, even a bit later for some, and what that During that time, you tend to get a lot of exacerbated symptoms. So a lot of the symptoms you might know, you might know them as PMS symptoms or an increase in PMS symptoms. So, you know, even from mood swings and anxiety, changes in like that feeling before you get your period, uh, that bloating discomfort, there becomes heavier periods because of that change in estrogen and progesterone levels. And then there's the swollen breasts and really sore breasts and even hair loss and hair thinning, which happens and the really other big one is like sleep disturbance and insomnia because what comes with that we end up eating badly because we haven't slept well we're more irritable and then we end up gaining weight as well Mm. so that weight gain that can't shift happens more and more in us as we go through perimenopause into menopause and we want to nip that all in the butt before we get to menopause that's crazy that you yeah that you just brought up weight
1: gain because i feel like that's The one big thing that women stress about when they think about this topic. But also, it's one of those ones where I feel women say, I'm gaining weight because I'm going through, or I'm going through perimenopause. But then I'm not sure whether they really understand all the, the reasons behind why that could be happening. And I feel like a lot of the time it might be a bit of a helpless feeling, almost as well a feeling of like, it's going to happen. Everyone knows people gain weight when you go through this period, but actually like it may be understanding more about why that tends to happen, what could be impacting that, that could give women a little more
2: control over that specific situation, I guess. Okay, so in really brief, because it obviously would take me a long time to go through the science, but it's basically what happens to your estrogen and progesterone. So go through a period, your estrogen and progesterone levels do shift and fluctuate naturally. But through perimenopause, that oestrogen is doing it more frequently and there is a drop in the production of progesterone. So as mm-hmm. a result, that leads to an imbalance. And if I had a beautiful diagram I'd be showing you right now, mm-hmm. um, that that imbalance then leads to all of these symptoms. So oestrogen, who everyone, you know, our, it's actually our friend, it's not a foe, mm-hmm. it actually does help weight loss if it is balanced in a premenstrual, like in, in a woman that's menstruating. Mm-hmm. So it helps also your metabolism. And then the thyroid also plays a re- re- really big part in that, we know. So all of these hormones together play a really big part when it comes to weight loss. They also play a big part when it comes to insulin sensitivity. So let's think premenstrually, right? You get your cravings, don't you? A lot of women do at least. If you're not managing it, you'll tend to be reaching for that chocolate. You'll be wanting it. And it becomes a little bit unbearable. It becomes uncontrollable. Like I need to eat that whole block. And if I don't, I feel like I'm going to, you know, feel out of control. Mm. That can sometimes be very hormonal driven. So what, when it comes to, Perimenopause, those shifts then lead to that weight gain because we're eating the same way, but the body's not responding to those things in the same way. So there is, as we go through perimenopause and those drops in those estrogen and progesterones, it does lead to inflammation. It leads to cardiometabolic health. So that's why a lot of women tend to see increases in their cholesterol levels. It does lead to a possible development of insulin resistance in some that needs to be monitored. So yeah, we do need to change the way that we eat a little bit and we need to start listening to what our body really needs. And do we actually need a certain amount of carbohydrates that we were? Are we exercising enough? Are we doing enough strength training to support those muscles and bones which are, you know, that that's needed? Estrogen also protects those. So when that goes down, that becomes a risk factor as well. So there are so many layers and Weight gain is just, it needs to be looked at with respect to everything as well. So what we put in our bodies is so important to prevent or even help that weight loss.
0: Absolutely. So what would you say would encourage women to do to really nourish and fuel their body as they are entering this perimenopause phase? I would
2: say start to replenish your body. Think about how it's going to, you know, work with getting enough protein so for you everyone for it's different for everybody for somebody that trains your protein needs are going to be higher versus somebody that's not training regardless we do need to get enough protein we need to make sure that our gut health is optimal so our microbiome is balanced because that also supports um, appetite and it Drives you know those um, hormones within our gut you know that gut brain access So that means increasing fiber. That doesn't mean we have to run away from carbs because you hear insulin resistance and all of that. Absolutely not. It's about choosing the right ones. Low GI. What's going to work for you? The ones that are um, rich in dietary fiber that are going to keep you fuller for longer, uh, but also not spike those blood glucose levels. And then you've got your fats. We do need a balance of fats because our hormones love fats cholesterol makes estrogen cholesterol makes you know testosterone and i will i didn't mention testosterone but i will say that it is just as important as estrogen and progesterone through perimenopause Mm -hmm. people always forget about it but what i hear a lot of is also low libido and what does testosterone do it actually helps our mood and sexual function and energy as well and when it comes to weights training we know that testosterone is just as important as estrogen and progesterone do you feel like in a sense you can almost get away with a little bit more prior to
1: perimenopause and then almost like when it comes to you know nutrition and and eating habits you hit that phase of perimenopause where things start to shift and it's almost like maybe you could have got away with a little bit more unhealthy eating (laughs) before and then all of a sudden it's like hits you in the backside and you're like actually now you're not going to get away with it do you feel
2: that's kind of what people sometimes experience I think alcohol is a big one Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that out there to the fact that Liver, The liver detoxification and the gut all work to detoxify the body. So we have natural organs that detox and they are essential for estrogen detoxification. Mm. So if we are, alcohol impacts us differently. Yes, I think so. And with respect to junk food, It depends what your standard is, how much you were having. And I don't want to say get away with it because every woman is different. Like, do you have endometriosis? Do you have PCOS? Do you have adenomyosis? Do you have a thyroid issue? Because if you have all of those issues, it's still going to be, you still need to monitor your alcohol and junk food. And if regardless of anyone, we know that high sugary foods Impact all of the development of these metabolic diseases. We're finding that out more and more. So I don't want to generalize and say, yeah, women pre-perimenopause can eat whatever junk they want, and they need to stop because it is about the balance. But I do think we need to maybe be more cautious. I yeah, say.
1: yeah, sure. And there is, like I think you mentioned earlier when you were saying, like you've you've worked with women where something they tend to say is what it was working for me before I was doing this before, but all of a sudden now what I'm doing is not working. So I guess that's just a reflection of what you said, just then about actually listening to your body and sort of serve servicing it in the sense of listening to what it needs right now as it's going through the changes. So it could mean changing habits, lifestyle, food, exercise, like it could mean changing one or all of those things for some people, I guess.
2: Exactly. So just think about it from your perspective. Do you change sometimes the way that you eat during your period and your cycle for a short period of time? You probably do. We all do subconsciously without even realising it. I don't crave in my follicular phase a great deal of um, sugary food because I, I'm happy with my proteins and my salads and my, you know, c- balanced carbs. But sometimes when I'm not monitoring how I'm going, those cravings really come in and it's the same, but it's for, a feels like it's more women that are going through this. So yeah, pulling back and stripping it back and starting with the basics is what I always do because I think we need to reset and I always get blood tests done to see what our baseline is, what's going on with the thyroid, what's going on with um, even vitamin D levels and B12 and iron because if you're extremely fatigued, your body's going to naturally crave those sugars more. Because you think of
1: anything off the top of your head in regards to nutrition and food That just for our listeners, if they're going through perimenopause at the moment and they're finding that they're feeling more of these symptoms that you suggested, the sleep food swings, any kind of specific foods that you can think of that they could incorporate more of into their diet. I don't want to say superfoods, but I'm literally thinking about, I don't know, seeds, nuts, things that are high in nutrients that are going to support those specific hormones, I guess.
2: Yeah, there's lots. So I would start with uh, number one, which I already mentioned, and that was, you know, your fibrous foods and those Mm -hmm. beans and legumes and adding those in with your sweet potato um, just to balance out those blood glucose levels and then definitely I would turn to vitamin D rich foods because our women naturally sometimes getting isn't enough vitamin D and I see a lot of vitamin D depletions and if there is that then we've got immune system issues we've got estrogen um, issues as well there and also bone because vitamin D is essential in it's married with calcium in a way so I would say aches and mushrooms, and um, they're two of my favourites. Eggs are my non-negotiable, and if anyone doesn't like them, then incorporate some mushrooms in there. Mm -hmm. The yolk of an egg contains so many nutrients that are just like a powerhouse, and it also contains choline, which is definitely essential for brain health, and one of the things that um, women with going through menopause um, actually need more of for their brain.
0: I'm glad you Um, mentioned egg yolks because I feel like slowly people are starting to less and less go for egg whites only. Like they're starting to understand the health benefits of the egg yolks. So would you mind just clarifying? So what are the benefits of egg yolks just to encourage everyone to make sure they're having multiple eggs? Like it's okay. Don't be scared of the egg yolk.
2: Well, everyone's scared of the egg yolk. I'll say it because of the fat and the cholesterol Mm. in it, they think. Mm. So Obviously, we're debunking that more and more as time goes on. Um, Everybody is different. Obviously, we've got to look at your baseline. Like, what is your cholesterol? What is your tolerance? What, you know, but that egg yolk is going to be the thing that contains all the nutrients and what, like I mentioned, that vitamin D, which is essential. And, yes, we get vitamin D from the sun, but, again, we're becoming more conscious about the sun and damaging our skin and come, you know, perimenopause, we actually don't produce enough collagen anymore. So yeah. So you don't want to be out in the sun that much. <laughs> but you do. And then I think the egg white has a purpose too, because it's obviously protein. And I mentioned that as a nutrient. So yeah, have have it all. Have the whole egg. Please don't skimp out on <laughs> all of it. And it tastes so much better. I mean, so much better. <laughs> yeah. I know. I definitely do. I use egg whites for my protein, but always have to have the yolks in there too. Like, yeah. there's no, you can boost it. So, yeah. what I get a lot of my women to do is two eggs with the egg yolk and then two egg whites as well. So, that really boosts their protein intake. It, it produces, it helps their, you know, intake of protein throughout the day. And they're not feeling like they're just getting very plain egg whites. Yeah. Which yeah, is a bit I, underwhelming. <laughs>
1: I feel like eggs is actually a true superfood and I know that's such a bad term because there's so many things on the market that is like buy this superfood I don't know I'm thinking of you know kale powder and but I honestly feel from what I've learned over the years just of all the nutrients that are in egg yolks I feel like they are actually a superfood. Mm. Well they're they're going yeah. to
0: create life aren't they?
2: Mm. They're yes, essentially the true. placenta
0: the placenta of the
2: of the chicken. <laughs> so makes That's sense. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, never thought about it like that. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> okay. Other nutrients. Uh other ones my favorite food. We we need magnesium. So as I said, sleep is one of the really big ones and in insomnia. We know that magnesium is really depleted by stress. Mm-hmm. And um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, and I've said it to you a lot, it's depleted with exercise so vitamin d chews up magnesium so you also want to have that as well because the two and two again come hand in hand and what foods dark leafy greens you already mentioned the kale there and spinach, which you're going to get lots of iron. So if you're having heavy bleeds, you're going to get that from the spinach as well as red meat and almonds. I would be incorporating nuts and seeds like almonds. Uh, cashews have zinc. Pepita seeds have zinc. They've got all of them, but these are the ones that they're richer in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, they're just really easy adds and easy adds to your yogurt or your breakfast or your smoothie or even your salad. Yeah. yeah
1: and
0: just about- like a tablespoon, adding it with... Yeah, pepita seeds. Salad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, papita seeds, yeah. yes. Sunflower yeah. seeds, rich in vitamin E. Yeah. You would know a lot about that with them, yeah. <laughs> so it's the same for perimenopause, very similar. Oh, that's cool. Love it. Um, I was
0: just going to say um, for our listeners, do you have any specific resources or books that you would recommend for those who are just about to enter perimenopause or are starting to experience perimenopause for themselves?
2: I haven't read it yet, but I do know, I think, Lara Bryden. She does the period report pear manual or the other one. She does one of them. I can't remember the name, but I think it's more to do with perimenopause and menopause. Mm -hmm. So one of her books would probably be a good start. Mm -hmm. Get the help that you need if you're really suffering and you're really struggling and your blood tests are showing elevated cholesterol. And also, you know, you're getting those hot flushes and you're feeling overwhelmed because things are just not the same as they were. And by overwhelmed, I mean is I get a lot of that. My anxiety is sitting up in my throat mm. um, and that is very hormonal neurotransmitter related. So food can definitely change that and see your doctor, talk to your doctor, you know, authentically and open and get, you know help from a nutritionist that will help you with your diet and lifestyle changes so you start to feel better rather than just sit in it and feel like oh I'm just going to live like this
1: yeah i think that's an important message right because there's definitely
2: and it's this is the same with girls who go through
1: like just normal period cycles right and and dealing with awful symptoms every month thinking that this is just the way it is like what can i really do to help i guess it's the same with perimenopause, right, and just seeking help and knowing that there probably is, like, a level of normal and then there might be a level of, like, well, actually, that's doesn't need to be that bad. Like, you could do things to
2: help. Exactly, like PMS. Uh, it's yeah. not normal to have it for an extended period of time, a little bit, okay, but not for an extended period of time where you feel absolutely rubbish and fatigued and can't train and basically two out of you know the four weeks you you're not you so Mm,
0: yeah I think it's important to add as well taking responsibility as well for you know have we been taking care of ourselves have we been slowing down have we been nourishing our bodies and really looking back and going actually am I Like what role have I played in experiencing these symptoms and maybe not getting enough rest, enough sleep, that kind of thing. I think that's been a big one for me in the past. There's been times when I have been more highly strung, more stressed, not nourishing myself properly, and then PMS symptoms were increased. So I think as well, taking responsibility and seeing how am I supporting my hormones and supporting myself rather than just being out of control or out of your control necessarily. So just, yeah, supporting yourself. Mm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Supporting your liver, like I've mentioned, with yummy foods that are going to, you know, help you detox and Mm. your crucifixious veggies and your grapefruit where it's needed and pomegranate and all of those really rich vitamin C foods. And Mm. um, I think all of those things are so, so important and it's tapering it back and stop thinking it's just too much because, you know, we can break it down and we can go step by step. Mm. yeah exactly
1: thank you i feel like if anyone needs any extra tips on this and specifically on the the, like nutrients you can add into your diet definitely head over to christiana's instagram because you have so many informative posts on there Mm. i mean you just did one yesterday actually on perimenopause too so that was great Mm -hmm. beautiful
0: Mm-hmm. is christiana could you please let everyone know where they can find you your website your instagram
2: my website is www.christianavellis.com.au pretty easy and then my instagram is christiana nutrition we'll those in the show notes too so yeah find perfect. me there write me a dm and yeah yeah, yeah. you'd be Thank more you. than happy to help
0: people if they want some more one-on-one support with their nutrition and
2: yeah. And their hormones. Definitely.
0: Beautiful.
1: Thanks, Christiana. Thanks for oh, having well, me. Thank you. We'll wrap it up there guys. Thanks for joining us today and don't forget to head over to our um, body and beyond support. Uh, so I was going to say support group, but it's a Facebook group. <laughs> um, you can ask any of our guests questions or you can ask us questions as well. we would love to chat with you over there. Exactly.
2: Next
0: time. <laughs> Thanks guys. And I was going to say as well, it might be worth um, having Christiana on for a live on the Facebook group, and maybe we can get some of our perimenopause ladies on there and asking questions and interacting a little bit. So that will be cool. Sounds good. would love that. Beautiful. All right, guys, have a beautiful day.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: The Body and Beyond podcast is for information purposes only. This podcast does not constitute advice or services, and the statements and views of the hosts and guests are not medical advice. The information provided should not be used for treatment or diagnosis purposes. Please discuss any information from this podcast with your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle.